Hey, yeah! Welcome to Cape Christian. That's what I'm talking about. This is what I come to church for. Uh, whether you're joining us online or in person, genuinely so good uh, to see you. Uh, last week at the beginning of my message, I highlighted a few things I just wanted to address at the end of the year. Um, uh, one of them being our service with masks, which we're doing right now and filming. And so holiday, it's so good to have a room full of people. So good to have you. So if you're watching and you're like, man, I want to come, but I, I only want to come if everybody's wearing masks right now. Friday night is the place to be uh, next week and then the first four weeks in January. And then we're going to uh, make the adjustments necessary after that. Um, also, several of you, just as a reminder, we're still doing our end-of-the-year vision offering uh, that allows us to, to be um, just generous to our ministry partners, help our community, and so you can give to our vision, which is all of our ministry partners, local and global. You can give to our helping hands, which helps us with the felt needs here in the community. And then you can also give to our general fund, which really helps us with the park and the campus upgrades and making sure that this is just a beautiful place that our, our community can come and that you can invite friends and families and coworkers and all that. So um, who's ready to hear uh, the word of God? Yeah? All right, let's do it. Well, we are in week two of our, our Christmas series called God With Us. God With Us. And each week we're looking at a, a, a particular circumstance or situation that God is with us in the middle of. And so we, we derive this from one of the, the common scriptures from our Christmas story, which is found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, and it says this about the birth of Jesus, that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him, say it with me, Emmanuel, which means God with us. God saw fit. He was so in love with us. He was so dying to be with us, literally. He was so broken by the, 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 the frail humanity and sin and the deterioration of the earth that he created that he literally left heaven, sent his son Jesus to be with us. And that is what we get to celebrate at this time every year, the birth of Jesus Christmas. And, and, and if, if you didn't catch it last week, we talked about this a little bit, but you got to remember that for 500 years, they had been waiting for a savior. They had, God's people had been waiting for a Messiah. There had been promises. There had been prophecies about uh, uh, somebody who was going to restore the nation of Israel and save people from their sins. And, and you could imagine what that waiting was like. Uh, in fact, I want to show you two scriptures that, that you may or may not know. They're from the prophet Isaiah. He was one of the ones that had prophecies. And truthfully, Isaiah was 700 years this was written 700 years before Jesus actually showed up. In Isaiah 9, it says this, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Can I get an amen, somebody? That's good news right there. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. If you've been with us for very long, those should be two words that we're really familiar with, right? Righteousness and justice from that time on forever. And so you have to understand what it was like in the time of, of, of Jesus, the time that this was written, that it was not good. Like the, the world was not a good place. Being one of the followers of God, of his nation was not good. There was oppression, there was slavery, there was mistreatment. So in the middle of this not good circumstance comes this really good news, amen? Like, hey, I know it looks bad, but there's gonna be a child born and the government's gonna rest on his shoulders and it's not gonna be this way forever. 
In fact, two chapters before, Isaiah has another kind of prophecy. It's where we see it in Matthew. It's the same thing where he says, the Lord himself will give you a sign. He's like, this is how you know things don't have to be this way forever. The virgin will conceive and give uh, birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. Now, I want to invite you for a second, if you will, to, uh, to put yourself in the shoes of somebody in this story. Imagine the, the promise of a savior, the promise of hope, the promise of something getting better, and imagine the anticipation. Most of us don't have to imagine too much of what it's like to be in a tough situation and somebody give you news of hope or good news or that it doesn't have to always be this way. Can you imagine the anticipation and the excitement surrounding this, this savior, this Messiah, this, this good news birth of a son? Like, we can't wait for this. And, and so to, to best, like, help bring this um, this, uh, this anticipation, what it was like for them then and there. I, I, I thought I have a really, I think I have an idea that's going to help us to more better understand what it was like in those times. I'll, I'll be right back. Oh, you thought I was going to bring something back? <laughs> you, he was like, oh, he's going to, what is, if you've been here very long, you're like, what in the world is our pastor about to do? Is he coming from the ceiling? Is he coming out with boxing gloves? You were wondering. But see, what, what, what just happened there is all we really did was wait, anticipate. We waited. And, and I had a prediction that you completely confirmed, by the way. I said, I think at about 30 seconds, it's going to get awkward enough where everybody's going to start making noises. And I was counting back there, and that's exactly what happened. You are a predictable group of people. No, I'm just kidding. But we waited. Why? I, I wanted us to feel, I wanted us to have an experience, not just information, but just a, a moment of what waiting is and feels like. And here's what's crazy. I was gone 60 seconds. I was gone a minute, and, and in an environment like this, on a stage like this, uh, in, in, a, in a public setting where there's communication, uh, a minute is like an hour, it feels like. The silence, the awkwardness, I mean, I don't know if you felt it, but there was like, oh, what's he going to do? And you probably went through some of the, a couple of the phases that I'm going to highlight here in just a minute, but you were forced to wait. You were forced to anticipate, maybe even to the point where you're like, all right, this is getting old now. Like, haha, we get it, pastor, like, let's get on with it. But this is exactly what I want to talk about. Because see, you waited for one minute. And you have 1,440 minutes every single day. And I just took one of them. But I think you realize that not every minute is created equal, right? I learned this when I started working out at my gym. I was like, I thought every minute was created equal. But the minute I have to do ab plank stuff is way different than the minute I get to rest. 
But you just waited one minute, and even in that one minute, it got awkward, it got uncomfortable, what's going on? These are some of the things some of you perhaps thought and felt. Now imagine that, not for one minute, not for 1440 for, for a day, but five to 700 years. But we can't wait five to seven minutes nowadays. But five to 700 years of Messiah is going to come, it's going to get better, there's going to be hope. And you have now an understanding of what it was like there and then. But I want to talk about that reality that we just experienced, is that waiting is probably one of the more difficult and one of the more uncomfortable things that we have to do. I would say, especially today in our day and age, waiting is something that is just mostly foreign. And, and, it's, and it's something that I feel like in, our, in my time in my, on this earth, in the 40 years I've been here, we're, we've almost, as a, as a society in America, eliminated the need to wait for anything. I mean, we have everything at our access faster than ever. You can literally get anything, whether you, you used to have to save money to buy cars and buy houses and get girlfriends and, and get married and all these things. And now, I mean, it's like you put it on the card, Amazon, you put it on, you know, they'll bring it to you, mail order bride, swipe right. Like whatever the situation is, it's like whatever you want, way more of you know what swipe right is than I anticipated. Okay, um, whatever it is you want, like you can get it. And we have like eliminated waiting. And, but the truth is that waiting is a regular part of our life. Waiting is something that's unavoidable. And, and we wait for all kinds of things throughout different seasons of our lives. People wait for all kinds of things. We wait for a medical diagnosis. What's the, what's the report going to be? We wait for our tax return. Um, we wait. We, we get that anticipation, that waiting, that family's going to come visit. It's like, we can't wait for them to be here. It's going to be awesome. Some of you, it's like, we can't wait for them to leave. It'll be great when they go back home. We, we wait, some of us, we've waited our whole lives to have a son or a daughter, a child. We wait for a spouse. Some of us, we've been waiting for an injustice to be made right or an apology for decades that may or may not ever happen. Some, some of us in this season of, of the pandemic are waiting to find out, am I furloughed or am I really losing my job? Am I laid off? Did I get the new job? We're waiting to find out the outcome of an election. Like, what really happened? Do we even know? Like, we're waiting. I know we all think we know. <laughs> Some of us, we just wait for, I can't wait for the cruise, the trip, the vacation. I just can't wait. I need that next thing when Christmas break comes and we're going to go do the thing. Or some of us, we just wait for the weekend. Man, I just can't wait till Saturday or Sunday. Or, or we, some of us, it's, it's, we've just become like online orders, like whether it's Amazon or shipped or, or whether it's the pizza guy. Like that, when that doorbell rings, you're like, ooh, they're here, they're here. <laughs> what did I get? What do I order? It, it, wait, but waiting, we feel all these things. I think that I could say for all of us, we're waiting for this pandemic to end. We're ready for this to be over. We're waiting. We're fatigued. We're tired. We're all mad at each other for stuff that may or may not even be true or matter, but we're mad. Why? Because we're like, because in the waiting, it gets frustrating. See, this message is personal to me and my family because I, I know waiting. I, 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 am, I am a classic impatient person. Um, I, I just never had a lot of patience, but, but waiting is, is a big deal to us. Um, you know, when, when my wife and I kind of talked about getting married and, and our dreams and our goals, you know, we always said we, we, we love parenting, we love kids, we, we, we got to work with lots of them, and so we want to have a family, and, and we never ever planned to be a, a single child home. We never said, let's just have one and then be done. We wanted to have two or three, we wanted to possibly foster or adopt, and for whatever reason, we, we, well, we waited to have Madison, my daughter, who's almost 10, but then for whatever reason, we haven't been able to, to have kids since then. And I'll be honest, that the last decade has... God has been with us, and it's been, there's been some good times, but there's been kind of a cloud of, of, of disappointment, of distraught, uh, of, man, God, like, 
we don't understand all these people who don't even want kids, like have kids, but we, we want kids and we love kids and I think we're pretty good to our kids and it doesn't make sense. And so waiting has been a very, very real part of my life and our life and our family to the point where it's like, man, probably should just give it on up. So I understand waiting, yet waiting is a reality that none of us can avoid as hard as we try. And so last week we talked about God being with us in sin. Today, I think it's so important, and I don't know who's going to hear this online or tonight or whatever, but I think God wants us to know that he's also with us in the waiting, that God is with us in the waiting. And it's so beautiful because uh, we sing that song, yet he's with us in the waiting. But, but I think it's so important to be brought back to the basics for those of us who've made a decision to follow Christ, or maybe you're, you're here or you're watching and you're considering it. Let me just ask this simple question. What is the ultimate goal of following Jesus? What is it? Is it, um, is it that you have a big family? Is it that you're successful in your career? Is it that you climb the corporate ladder or have um, lots of influence? Is that the ultimate goal of a follower of Jesus? No. Now, all of those things are good. None of them are bad in and of themselves. Many of us will experience and have experienced those. God will even bring those to us for his glory. Amen. But what's the ultimate goal of a follower of Jesus? To be like Jesus, right? Like at the very beginning, it's God, make me more like you. Let me be with you and be more like you. Being more like Jesus. And when we lose sight of what this whole journey is about, when we lose sight that it's about make Jesus, make me more like you, we begin to lose sight of what Jesus is all about. And so I want to give us just real quick, I want to talk about three truths about waiting. And I want to talk about three truths about waiting that are actually going to give us hope, I believe, if, if, if we follow this to the end. And so what does it mean that God is with us in the waiting? Well, let's talk about these three truths about waiting. Number one, waiting is hard. Waiting is hard. That's what I, I mean, it's like, duh, pastor. I know, I get it. But waiting is hard. And I would add to this, and most of us don't wait well. Like we aren't like, oh, I'm so patient. I just, I wait. So I become a better person when I wait. I become more loving when I wait. I become nicer when I wait. I become more generous when I wait. Like said no one ever, right? Like we're not, like we're not notoriously like good at waiting. And, and part of it is, we, I mentioned it, but we, we have this instant gratification culture now where it's, you want it, you got it. Well, how can we get it to you quicker, faster? How can we get it to you quicker, faster? How can we, like, wait, oh, you, I can't really afford it. Yeah, just put it on the card. We'll figure it out later. Well, you know, you only live once, YOLO. You know, whatever the case may be. And, and, I, and I think there's benefits to that. I think it has enhanced our ability to do things. But if I think if we're not careful, that will seep into our relationship with God, our theology, how we understand what it means to be a part of his kingdom. And we can assume that it needs to be the same way. And we can go, well, God, I get everything else the way I want. Like, where are you at with this? Why don't you give me what I want? Now, again, I have a nine-year-old daughter. Um, I, don't, I think I'm a good dad by not always giving her everything she wants. You know, can I stay up late? Can I eat all the sugar? You know, whatever the case. Although she doesn't, she's weird. She doesn't ever ask for sugar. Um, but, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm a good father when I say, no, that actually is not best for you right now. We're going to wait or you're going to do that, right? But when, when our heavenly father does that, we're like, what do you mean I have to wait? Well, they get, and I don't, and how come, right? Well, God is with us in the waiting. And so I think there's, I kind of came up, I think there's three kind of phases of waiting. And I think maybe you experienced at least two of them, maybe even a third one, in that 60 seconds where I disappeared off stage. If you're online, you're like, what happened in my, my screen freeze? I know, I'm sure, I'll look at the chat later. I'm sure it was hilarious. But at first, when you, when, you get the, when you get news that something might happen or, and again, it could be good or bad. It can be the waiting room at the dentist. It can be the waiting room at a hospital. It's like, is it a boy or a girl? Or is it, is it cancer or not? It could be, uh, when you get news that something's coming, the first phase of waiting is just anticipation, right? 
Anticipation. Oh, what? We're going to grandma's for Christmas? I mean, imagine this with a family with maybe three kids. Let's just say 10 and under. We're going to grandma's for Christmas. Let's get in the car, the van, the SUV, whatever. Let's go. And it's like anticipation. Like We're like, yes, the Messiah is coming. We're going to grandma's. I'm going to get that new thing from Amazon. I've been waiting my whole life for that book set or that pond, those pots and pans or this cruise, this vacation, whatever. But something happens between when you make the original plans or get the original announcement, and by the time it actually happens, as you move to phase two, which is like, I'm tired of waiting. Imagine, again, on our trip to grandma's. What does that look like in the car? Are we there yet? 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 No, are we there yet? No, are we there yet? No, I'm gonna kill you, right? What once was exciting that you anticipated, now, all of a sudden, you're like, this is not, I don't even care anymore. Like, I don't, I don't know if I wanna go. I, I can't wait. And then I think if we're not careful, and I think this is where ultimately can lead, is we can go from anticipation to I'm tired or weary, I would say, waiting, to I'm just going to give up on the thing. Maybe we just won't go. Maybe we just won't do the thing. Maybe following God isn't worth it. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe God can't be trusted. And that's, I think, the end game of the enemy of your soul is to get you to give up. And he wants to distract you from the fact that God may or may not give you that thing at the end of the road, but whether he does or doesn't, he's with you every step of the way. He's with you in the waiting. The Bible is a giant book full of stories. And you know what one of the common denominators is in all of the stories? They all had to wait. God waited to send Jesus. You have all kinds of stories of waiting. Even at the beginning of God's people, this man named Abraham, God's like, hey, you're gonna be the father of many nations. I'm gonna make you a great nation, my nation. And Abraham's like 85 years old. And he's like, what? That, that ship sailed a long time ago. And God's like, no, I'm going to do it. So God's like, all right, well, listen, my wife, Sarah, is way too old, so give me her handmaiden. We'll do what we got to do over here. And he has this son named Ishmael for like 10, 12, 15 years about. And all of a sudden, God shows back up, and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I promised you and Sarah you were going to have a son. But what happened? Abraham got tired of waiting. And when we get tired of waiting, we have a tendency to take things into our own hands, make it happen and versus trust God. He's like, no, my, my plan is for you and Sarah. So at 99 years old, this man named Abraham has a son named Isaac. And Isaac has a son named Jacob. And Jacob has a bunch of sons and they become this nation. And Ishmael becomes a bunch of nations. And sure enough, when God said, you're going to be the father of many nations, it happened, but it didn't happen in Abraham's timeline. In fact, it didn't even all happen in his lifetime here on earth. Because see, sometimes when God speaks or when he has a plan or a vision, it goes far beyond our time here on earth because he's a legacy inheritance type of God that thinks way beyond the here and the now. David had to wait to become king. He was anointed in front of his brothers and his, his dad at age 13, but he didn't become king until he was 30. And guess what? Those other 13 years in between, they were terrible. He had to take care of sheep and he had to run and hide from the king he was trying to serve and he had to do all kinds of stuff and he was falsely accused and he fought giants and he was misunderstood. He had to wait a long time between the time of the desire or the promise and when it happened. Just like him, there's a young man named Joseph who had a dream about being an influencer and kind of everybody bowing down to him. He had that when he was 17, but it wasn't until he was in his 30s that that happened in another nation. And he had to get accused and thrown in prison and thrown in jail and all kinds of stuff. Joseph had to wait. Moses was told, I want you to take my people to the promised land. And he led these complainers for 40 years to the very edge of the promised land. And God says, well, you don't get to go. Your boy, Joshua, who you raise up, he's gonna take him. So Moses waited 40 years to take them somewhere he didn't even get to go. Job, the book of Job, a whole two, three generations, he just waited for suffering to end. 
He just waited while good things happened to bad people and bad things happened to him and he lost everything. He waited for, Ruth waited for a husband. Daniel waited 70 years in Babylon to return into to Israel. Elijah waited for rain. Paul waited to be released from prison. Simeon waited his whole life just to see Jesus. God in his infinite wisdom waited 6,000 human years to send Jesus to earth. Something happens in the waiting and all waiting, and listen to this, hear this. Waiting, all waiting is not wasted in the kingdom of God because he's with us in the waiting. And all the people, most of the people I just mentioned, you are actually written in a book in, in Hebrews chapter 11. They're mentioned in this kind of hall of fame. They're called the heroes of faith. And it goes one after another, and it lists some of them and some other ones. But it basically says they're accredited faith because they trusted and they believed God and they held on and they stayed true to who they were, even though some of the things they were promised didn't even happen in their lifetime. In fact, Hebrews 11 says it this way. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. Do you hear this? They didn't even see the fullness of the promise or the desire fulfilled. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and a stranger on the earth. I had a, I had a mentor once ask me the question, those things that are your greatest desires, the things that you want or, or, or would need the most, if you never got them, would God be enough? Would his presence be enough? Would his word be enough? Because it can be if you will allow it to be. It's this, it's this satisfying peace and comfort that, yes, you'll experience disappointment in life, but it can be enough. This was the truth of, of the time of Jesus. They were waiting for something to happen. They were waiting for the brokenness. They were waiting for a Messiah. And there's a couple of lines from uh, one of my favorite Christmas songs. It says this, as long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. When Jesus came, it reminded a humankind of our position with God, who we were to him and the value we had with him. And so we're gonna, we're gonna sing this song tonight, Oh Holy Night. And the, the, the team's gonna come and play. And as they do, if you wanna sing, you can sing. If you wanna stand, you can stand. You can do whatever you need to do behind the camera. But I just want us to imagine, I want us to take in what it was like to have been waiting all that time and then to see Jesus arrive and know that he's with us even in the waiting.
There's just something about that song. I, every time I hear that song, I, I, it kind of puts me in the story. And the, the story was, you know, not a lot of people knew Jesus came, but, but what an incredible holy night when heaven came to earth. I just hope the, I hope the awe never gets lost on me. Waiting is hard. Let me ask you this. Is there something you're waiting on? Is there something you're waiting for? A family member to come to Jesus? 
a health situation to get better, the hope of a relationship to get better. Waiting is hard. But I have good news. I said there's going to be three truths. The second one is this. Why I think waiting happens is because God will use seasons of waiting to shape us. Remember, I asked you a few minutes ago, what's the ultimate goal of a follower of Jesus? It's not all the things the earth has to offer, right? Amen? It's to become more like him. And so Jesus will use times and seasons of waiting to reveal himself and to make us more like him. It, first of all, it reminds us that we're literally at his mercy, that we crave control, right? We want to be in control of things. And it reminds us that ultimately we're not in control, that God is in control. It's waiting gives us this opportunity to develop trust in God that, that and not just trust that God, I trust someday you're going to give me what I want or what I think you promised me, but trust that God, even if I don't, you're still good and you're still more than enough and you can bring peace and you can sustain me. There's been too much bad, I'm just going to say this, there's been too much bad theology in the American church that says, if you're a good enough person and you pray enough and you give enough and you ask for enough forgiveness and you have enough faith that God's going to give you all the desires of your heart and the promises, and that, that didn't happen for anybody in the Bible. You know what God promises? I'm going to be with you always. You know what he promises? I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. You know what he promises? I can make you more like me, and even in the, in the hardest situations, I can give you a peace and a joy and a comfort and a purpose that you will not find on earth. Waiting helps us to kind of crucify our idols, to help us to let go of some things that maybe became a little bit too important to us on this side of eternity. Waiting is an opportunity for us to develop a little bit of humility. Waiting is an opportunity for us to develop a little bit of patience or a lot of patience. And if you don't take anything else from this message, here's what I would want you to hear, that God's grace will help you persevere through the waiting and it will abound when you don't wait well. That word abound is the word abundance. That there is a grace to help you to persevere through the waiting. And it will abound when you are doing really bad at it. That's really good news. When I'm waiting well, there's a grace. When I'm waiting bad, there's even more grace. Because Jesus wants to know that, I'm always, that he's always with me. God will use seasons of waiting to teach us and to train us, to, to, to test us for what lies ahead, to sanctify us, to clean us out, to make our character more like his and ultimately transform us. Because again, we have to remember that in this journey, this thing called life, following Jesus, Jesus is less concerned with where we end up and more concerned with who we become. That was a really good place for an amen. When I say on this side of eternity, in life, he's less concerned with where we go, with where we end up in life, at the CEO and all the things, he's more concerned with who we become. And so he will use that to make us more like him. It's why the psalmist wrote in Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God in Psalms 46. In Psalm 37, uh, I believe it was David wrote this, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about when evil people prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. But God, I'm doing it right, and I don't get what I want, but, but everybody else is being crazy and out there, and they're getting what, and the, you know what the Bible tells us? You know what? what God says, like, don't worry about that. Wait patiently for me. I'm doing something in you. I'm doing something with you. And so waiting is hard is one truth. The second one is that, that God will use seasons of waiting to shape us, but the third one is this. And this is the whole point of the whole message, is that he's with you in the waiting. He's with you in the waiting. He's there. He hears you. He sees you. He knows the cries of your heart. He knows what keeps you up at night. He knows the, the prayers that you've prayed secretly or publicly. He 
is with you and he's never going to not be with you. And if we understand this and we, we get to the point in our relationship with God, which is as a pastor, my desire for everybody, that God alone can be enough. He can be more than enough. Uh, he says, Jesus said this to his followers in Matthew 20. He says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah that we read earlier, he says this. This is God speaking. He says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. What's so interesting to me about that scripture is it doesn't say I'll give you everything you ask for. It says, I will strengthen you. I will hold you up. I don't know about you, but I need to be held up when I don't have the strength to hold myself up. And, and so what do we have? What, what's this promise we have of him being with us in the waiting? Well, there's three things that we can hold on to, that we, can, we have to, to, to glean on, to, to lean on, to look forward to. Is first of all, that he promises his presence. He said he's never going to leave you or forsake you. He's always going to be with you. Even in your sin, we learned last week, even on your best day. So number one, we have his presence. Number two, we have his word. God gave us his word so we could encounter his personality. His, the scripture could come alive. It can, it, can, it can be soothing to our soul. And not only does he give us his presence and give us his words, but he gives us a promise that he's going to come back and return one day. That he's going to come wipe every tear, the Bible says, and he's going to reestablish the kingdom that will reign forever where we get to be with him forever. So what do I do in the waiting as he's developing me? I have to hold on to the fact that he's with me. I have his presence. I have his word. It's why I'm so passionate about we have to be in the word. We have to do it for ourselves, not just come to church for it, but we have to be in because that's how you experience his presence and it's how God speaks to you. The desire is good. The promise is good. But the desire and the promise isn't the point. The point is who we become as we wait. And I believe that, that this is a part of life. I mean, we see this Paul often as he wrote his letters to his young leaders and to the churches. He wrote often to be encouraged, to stay the course, you know, to, to don't forget what we're about. In fact, in one place in the, 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 the church of Galatia, he writes this. He says, let us not become weary in doing good. Don't lose hope. Don't forget who you are. For the proper time, you will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I believe that if Jesus were here, if he could say anything, for those of you like, man, pastor, you're speaking my language. It's like, you know my life. I'm waiting. He would say, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep that anticipation. Don't grow weary. Don't give up. Don't grow weary. I'm with you. You have my word. You have my presence. I'm coming back for you someday. You have what it takes to wait. For me, for us, for me and my family, there were, I can speak personally, in, my, in our journey of waiting, there have been so many prayer times, so many nights where I poured my heart out to God and there was sadness. And, and can I just say, uh, can I say something? It's possible to love Jesus and be sad at the same time. It's possible to be fully committed to God and be disappointed. And if you don't have a theology for that, like I, I would invite you into that space because I think that's more of a reality for most of us. And some of us have maybe been made to feel bad. Well, well, if you just had more faith or you just love God more, you wouldn't be sad. No, it's been devastating for 10 years that we can't have more kids. It's been devastating. I poured my heart out. But I, I'm so glad I have the word. I'm so glad I have heroes in the Bible like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who stood before a fire and said, God can deliver me from this, but even if he doesn't, he's still gonna be more than enough. And so for me, I've poured my heart out and told God, I want more kids. I want another daughter. I want a son. Whatever the case may be, a healthy baby. But even if he never gave us another child, he would still be enough. That's been my journey. This isn't just a message for me. This is my life. That, he's, that God has been more than enough. And I, can I just tell you the good news? He's been with me in the waiting. He's been with us. He's comforted us. He's good. 
He's blessed us. He's given us an, an, an amazing opportunity to, 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 to be like him. And yes, there's been sadness and yes, there's been disappointment, but he's been with us in the waiting. Jesus came, Emmanuel, God with us, because he's with you in the waiting. And I just believe that there's some of you, you, you're weary. Like the song said, you've lost heart and God wants to remind you, he's with you. He sees you. He hears you. And if you will allow him, if you will allow the space in your heart for him, his presence and his word, he will be more than enough. That's, that's the best news. I, here's why I love that. It's not contingent on something on earth I'm not in control of. It's a promise by the almighty God that will never go away, that he's with me forever. Now, I can, tell, I can tell you that the crazy part about this message for me is that in the middle of all the craziness in one of the hardest years of my life, and at the end of our waiting and we were ready to be done out of nowhere by miraculous, so many miracle ways that this happened to us this year. Uh, and that is, that is our current reality. That after almost 10 years of waiting, and all the heartache that um, the Demos will be welcoming baby number two into our life in April, uh, a baby boy. We refer to him Little John. That won't be his name, but that's what we refer to him now. But can I just be honest? Can I just be honest with you for a second? I I almost didn't put this in the message, and I hesitated. I really almost didn't put this in the message, and here's why. I didn't even want to get close to it being another message that if you're just good enough and if you have enough faith and you wait long enough and you're a good enough person and you pray enough and if you ask for enough forgiveness, that God will give you what you want. Because for my wife and I, we had gotten to the point where we were ready for this to never be our reality. And so I don't want, to, I don't want this to be an example. I wanted to make the announcement at my church because we're already 22 weeks along uh, and, and so we're more than halfway there. But I don't want this to be another example where somebody takes this and goes, yep, see, pastor was just right. If we, if we had enough faith and if we were better and if we were better believers, if I didn't sin as much, we would get, that's not what I'm saying. So please, please, please don't hear that. I want to share this news with you, but I wanted to share my journey that, that the, this message wasn't crafted because we got pregnant. This message has been crafted for nine years when we weren't. Does that make sense? And so I just want to give you hope that, that I, I'm so grateful that I can stand before you and say, even if that never happened, God was going to be enough and we were going to continue to be his followers and we were going to continue to love him. And so I want to close and I, wanted, I want I have space, I have compassion in my heart for those of you watching or those of you here who, who, who you're waiting. You're like, I'm tired, I'm sad, I'm disappointed. And so I'm going to ask you to do something bold. If that's you, I would just love to pray for you that you would experience the comfort and grace that my wife and I have experienced over the last decade in our waiting. And so if you feel, Pastor, you are speaking my language, you are, you are telling my story tonight, would you be willing just to stand to your feet and allow me just to pray over you? I just want to pray a blessing. I want to pray God's grace over you. And so if you're like, Pastor, I'm, I, I need God's comfort. I need that grace. Would you just stand? And I just want to pray for you. And, and if you're, and if you can just raise your hand online as well and say, that's me, I just, I'm going to, I'm going to include all of you. And then, and for, and, and, and I just want to do that. And, and also if you're, if you've been waiting, you're like, man, I've been waiting for this message my whole life. I need to accept Jesus. I need to be in on this thing. We would love to do that. You can click on the link online or you can just text KPS to 94000. If you're here, you can talk to me or one of the pastors afterwards. And we would love to introduce you to the greatest relationship you'll ever have of a God who will never leave you or forsake you. But I, I just, 
I, I feel this, I, we, I'll say this to you, I'll just be candid with you guys. We've heard a lot of really hurtful things that were really well-meaning in the last nine years. You know, God knows and he understands and we heard all the cliches. And so if you're standing, can I just say, I, I understand waiting and, I'm, and, and, and my heart goes out to you. And I just, I believe that God wants to minister to you. And I pray that, that, you, that in a minute, that heaven is gonna invade earth and he's gonna come into your heart and that you're gonna leave out, of, you're gonna leave here with a little bit of a different perspective, a little bit more hope and a little bit more satisfaction that God can be in him and his presence and in his word is enough. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person here. I thank you for every person behind the screen that raised their hand. And God, would you be the God of comfort? Would your grace abound? God, your, your word says, we, we just talked about how your grace will help us to persevere through the waiting and it will abound when we're not waiting well. And so every single one of the people with their hands raised or the standing to their feet, God, would you meet them right where they're at? Would they be reminded that you can be found in your word, that you are with us, God, that they experience your presence and your love and your hope even right here, right now, not necessarily even hope in, in, in a thing they get, but hope that you are more than enough. And God, would you bring us back to the point where all we need is you. We sing it often. All we need is you, God. Let that be our reality. I pray for grace on grace on grace in the name of Jesus for those who are in the waiting. God, I pray for salvation for those who don't yet know you that want to bring their life into, into the fold of, of being a follower of yours. God, I pray for peace. I pray for hope. And God, I pray that we would have the type of spiritual maturity and resilience that we could be like the, 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 the Shadrachs, Meshachs, and the Abednegoes and say, man, I really hope I don't have to go through this. But even if, even if I don't get this thing, God, you are more than enough. Peace, comfort, and grace to us in Jesus' name. Amen.